but that was only four out of five. Number five tended to lose his balance for some reason and follow me around, making the most extraordinary pleas and offers, as if some kind of bug had gotten into him. Female classmates got anonymous notes that said things like, So, I fall for you, probably because I can see and hear. I see you, those eyes, that smile, and when you laugh, yeah, I fall. I'm not normally this sincere, so you might not be able to guess who I am, but here's a clue. I'm on the football team. If you feel like taking a chance, wear a blue ribbon in your hair tomorrow, and I'll walk you home. The notes I received were more tormented. More of the, you've got me going out of my mind, variety. Not that I lost any sleep over that stuff. How could I when I had a little business going on the side? Boys paid me to write notes to other girls on their behalf. They trusted me. They had this notion that I knew what to say. I just wrote whatever I thought that particular girl wanted to hear and collected dollar bills on delivery. The notes my friends showed me were no work of mine, but I kept my business quiet. So it stands to reason that if anyone else had a similar business, they'd have been discreet about it too. When my hair started to darken, I combed peroxide through it. As for character, mine developed without haste or fuss. I didn't interfere. It was all there in the mirrors. Suppose you're born in the Lower East Side of Manhattan in the year 1930-something. Suppose your father's a rat catcher. Your absent mother is never discussed, to the extent that you nurse a theory that you're a case of spontaneous generation. The interior of the house you grew up in is pale orange and rust-brown. At dawn and sunset, Shadows move like hands behind the curtains. Silhouettes of men with brill-creamed waves in their hair gathered on the street corner to sing about their sweethearts in seven-part harmony. The streetcar whispering along its track. Mrs. Phillips next door beating blankets. Your father is an old-fashioned man. He kills rats the way his grandfather taught him. This means that there are little cages in the basement, usually a minimum of seven at any given time. Each cage contains a rat, lying down and making a sound somewhere between twittering and chattering. The basement smells of sweat. The rats are panicking, starving. They make those sounds, and then you see holes in their paws and in their sides. There's nothing else in that cage with them, and all your father does to them at first is give them water. So it stands to reason that it's the rats making the holes, eating themselves. When your father's about to go out on a job, he goes to the basement, selects a cage, and pulls its inhabitants' eyes out. The rats that are blind and starving are the best at bringing death to all the other rats. That's your father's claim.
Your father puts three or four cages in the trunk of his car and drives away. He comes back late in the evening when the job's done. I guess he makes a lot of money. He does business with factories and warehouses. They like him because he's very conscientious about the cleanup afterward. So that's Papa. Cleanest hands you'll ever see in your life. He'll punch you in the kidneys from behind, or he'll thump the back of your head and walk away sniggering, while you crawl around on the floor, stunned. He does the same to his lady friend, who lives with you, until he starts going for her face. She'll put up with a lot, but not that. One day, she leaves a note under your pillow. It says, Look, I'm sorry. For what it's worth,